ESPN's Matt Miller has two volunteers in his latest mock drafts first round. Again, that's two volunteers in the first round. Who are they? Will that hold? And what else does Matt Miller have in store for Tennessee? Looking ahead to the NFL draft. That, some really good interviews. All that and more here on today's Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols, and I'm your host, Eric Kane. So glad that you guys elected to hang out with me here today. Locked On Vols, your first listen apart of the Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. This episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to go ahead and get started. Got a fun show coming up today. Matt Miller, ESPN, he mocked two volunteers in the first round. Again, we've been talking about it all week long, and I've never really slanted this hard in the NFL draft, but that's because there's not been any first round, second round, early buzz, if you will. And there's four guys who have already been rumored to the first round of the NFL draft. Matt Miller has mocked two of those guys in his latest NFL mock draft. We'll touch on that here today. Uh, two interviews. First, we're going to hear from Byron Young, Tennessee defensive end, uh, linebacker, outside linebacker, pass rusher, if you will. Uh, in segment two, I had a chance to catch up with him and uh, play that uh that video feature over at VolQuest.com earlier in the week. But I wanted to bring it on to uh, this show because I know there's some different uh, demos here and not everybody checks out uh, what we do over at VolQuest.com that listens to the podcast. I encourage you to do so if you haven't already. But uh, we're going to hear from Byron Young. What was his experience down at the Reese's Senior Bowl? How did he help himself? That and more. And um, uh, another show from VolQuest.com, the live show on Sunday. We had a chance to catch up with Alec Ablin. He had a lot of good stuff to say about getting that promotion to the tight ends coach. We'll hear from him in segment number three as well. So a lot of audio, a lot of video, but I wanted to recycle here for a lot of you guys who might not have heard it yet. Uh, that's your Wednesday program. But uh, first and foremost, when you look at, or before that, I'm going to do something that I said I started doing at the beginning of each show. Uh, question of the day. Started it on yesterday's show. Interaction, YouTube comments, tweet me in at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. Today's question of the day. Who is the most underrated coach on Josh Heupel's football staff? Underrated coach on Josh Heupel's football staff. Can Rodney Garner be underrated? We always talk about how great he is, right? I have my answer. It is certainly Brian John Murray. I think he is the most underrated coach that nobody talks about at linebackers. Uh, that's my answer. What is yours? Question of the day. Who is Josh Heupel's most underrated coach on his football staff? All right, let's look over towards... Uh, Matt Miller's NFL mock draft, his latest mock drafts for one and two. Three volunteers total appear in this mock draft, two of which come in the first round. Let's take a look, shall we? Matt Miller, ESPN draft analyst, has Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright going number four. No, excuse me, number 24, not number four, uh, number 24 overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. As a Tennessee Titans fan, I don't want to see that, but really interesting here. Darnell Wright, a great week at the Reese's Senior Bowl last week. This is what Matt Miller at ESPN.com had to say about Darnell Wright being mocked 24th overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Quote, perhaps the most surprising team in the NFL last season was the Jaguars going from number one overall pick to AFC South champions. Well, the Titans just literally handed it to him, but nonetheless, the work on the roster builds. Uh, the work on the roster built build is far from over, though. 
uh, with multiple key starters hitting free agency. One such area of need is right tackle, where Jawan Taylor might price himself cut or out of the Jaguars' comfort zone. If Taylor isn't retained, a clear answer to the position available from the University of Tennessee is Darnell Wright, who started his career at left tackle before moving to the right side in 2022. He flourished there. Uh, helping to pave the way for one of college football's most exciting offenses. This is a six foot five, 342 pound tackle just turned in a fantastic senior bowl performance, showing great power, length, quickness, and balance for his size. He's a plug and play starter on the right side. A right allowed only one sack this season and didn't have a single blown run block. All right, there's a couple of mistakes in here. Number one, he's not 342, or at least he wasn't during the season. Maybe he's gotten up to that point in time uh, since the season. Number two, um, sure, he started at left tackle in 2021, but again, Darnell Wright was the starting right tackle for Tennessee in the years 2020 or 2019 and 2020. And then lastly, it says right here, Wright allowed only one sack this season. Wright has not allowed a sack in 19, uh, his last 19 games for Tennessee. So um, those are a few mistakes there, but nonetheless, I understand I'm not an NFL draft analyst, but Matt Miller got a couple of his... Uh, couple of his facts wrong here about Darnell Wright, but nonetheless, I mean, he's got, I mean, he believes Darnell Wright could be a first round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's obviously contingent on if Jawan Taylor gets cut because of his uh, uh, too high of a salary there. But just going back and just scrolling through, um, you know, the first round right now, I'm looking at the offensive tackles that would be taken ahead of Darnell Wright in this scenario. And not a whole lot. Offensive Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State is being mocked number 13 overall to the Jets. Broderick Jones of Georgia, offensive tackle number 11 overall to the Tennessee Titans. Let's see here. Peter Skronowski, who plays guard and tackle for Northwestern. He's going number 7 overall to the Raiders. And, well, that's all she wrote right there. Yeah, that's all she wrote. So, in this scenario, Darnell Wright would be the third offensive tackle taken in this draft. How about that? Uh, quite an accomplishment. What about the second guy Matt Miller mocks right now in the first round? Well, you have to scroll all the way past Darnell Wright to just one spot. Number 25 overall to the New York Giants. They select Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Quote here from Matt Miller ESPN. If you watch a couple of games for the Giants 2022 season, it's painfully obvious the team's biggest need is a wide receiver. As long as the quarterback Daniel Jones is either uh, franchise tagged or re-signed, the signal caller took a huge step in his first development but now needs more help around him to further that growth. The only players on the roster to catch more than 50 passes in 2022 were running back Saquon Barkley and journeyman receiver Richie James. Hyatt exploded onto the scene in Tennessee's vertical tempo offense, catching 67 passes for 1,267 yards and 15 touchdowns, all while averaging a clean 18.9 yards per catch. Not bad. He is certainly, he is a certified deep threat, uh, with one area scout telling me at the Senior Bowl that he'll likely run a low 4.3 second 40-yard dash range. The Giants are separate, or Giants are desperate for a receiver who can stretch the field. And Jones's version of Stephon Diggs, whom Coach Brian Dayball used to sell, used so well while in Buffalo. Hyatt has the vertical speed to fit that role. I'm sorry, I know it sounds and looks like I can't read. I'm not wearing my glasses. I've gotten to the age where I need to wear glasses, and it's really embarrassing. Hello, 30, right? Uh, but yeah, Jalen Hyatt, uh, 25th overall to the New York Giants. Darnell Wright, 24th overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two 
Tennessee Volunteers have been mocked in the first round in Matt Miller's latest NFL mock draft from ESPN.com. How about that third one? Sure, it's not in the first round, but there's a third one that appears in the top 60 picks, and that would be second round, second round selection by the Seattle Seahawks. Tennessee Volunteer quarterback Hendon Hooker. There's Hendon. Quote from Matt Miller. Seattle makes a move toward the future at quarterback Landing Hooker, who is arguably the best deep ball thrower in the draft. He is the oldest prospect at 25 and is coming off November ACL injury. But over the past two seasons at Tennessee, he has thrown 58 touchdown passes to five interceptions while while constantly challenging defenses down the field. Hooker is no sure thing, but he's a great investment at number 52 to learn behind Geno Smith, assuming Seattle resigns its starter while getting healthy. I would not hate that for Hendon Hooker. I think uh, New Orleans, if you go out like like uh, you know Ross was saying the other day, if you go out and maybe resign Andy Dalton or go out and and get a veteran quarterback to kind of be that that kind of plug that gap there for one year, maybe two years, and let Hooker watch. But again, if he can play, he's 25 years old. Get him on the field. But while he recovers, while he learns the game, I think Geno Smith would be a great guy to kind of learn under there. Um, good stuff there. Now, Hooker would be the fifth quarterback taken in this exercise, and the other four would be first-round draft picks. In this mock draft, it's kind of funny, but there's a trade, a mock trade to move up and get a quarterback where Matt Miller projects, or mocks rather, that the Indianapolis Colts will trade up with Chicago and draft Bryce Young, quarterback of Alabama. Number two, the Houston Texans in this exercise would take Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Yikes. Um going let's see here going not yeah going ninth overall to the Carolina Panthers would be Ohio State quarterback CJ Strout and then the other one would be obviously Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson here he is going to the Washington Commanders at 16th overall quarterback from Florida and then there's no quarterbacks all the way down until number 52 to the Seattle Seahawks where Tennessee's quarterback Hendon Hooker is mocked in the second round if that turns out to be true again mock drafts are hardly ever right right especially the deeper you get down into them um wow 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 you know what a performance from Tennessee right that would be pretty incredible for sure so Tennessee athletes Tennessee draft eligible prospects Getting a whole lot of love throughout the Senior Bowl practice time, NFL Combines in a couple of weeks, Pro Days coming up, and then, of course, the NFL Draft in late April. Uh, really, really neat. Matt Miller, ESPN.com. You can go out and check out the, the rest of his two-round mock draft where three Tennessee Volunteers, including two in the first round, are present. And Darnell Wright, Jalen Hyatt's first round, and then Hendon Hooker in the second round. Some really, really cool stuff there. All right, when we come back, we will check out what Byron Young had to say in my sit-down conversation that uh, you might have already seen over at BallQuest.com earlier in the week, but uh, really, really cool stuff. We'll see what he has to say about his Reese's Senior Bowl um, appearance and the week down there in Mobile, Alabama. That is coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. But this year, the only app you need at the Super Bowl, that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's okay. In fact, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app now so you can bet or so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bets. 
You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to who's going to score a touchdown prop bets. One of my favorite things about Super Bowl each and every year is the prop bets. We have so much fun with those, and they have countless prop bets over on the FanDuel Sports app. Best of all, you can get your pay, you can get paid with your winnings instantly by using FanDuel. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, welcome back into Locked On Vols here on a Wednesday. Appreciate you guys for helping us out here today. And of course, the question of the day if you can see the scroll at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, who is the most underrated coach on Josh Heupel's football staff? Underrated coach on Josh Heupel's football staff. You can tweet me, you can DM me, you can fill up the comment sections here on the YouTube channel at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls to give me your answer. All right, Byron Young was down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. We heard a lot about Darnell Wright. We've heard a lot about Hendon Hooker. We've had guests on the last couple of shows talking about their performances. Let's hear from the guy himself, Byron Young, on how he did down in Mobile at the Risa Senior Bowl. Kind of how was your experience down in Mobile uh, going up against some of the best in the country, a couple of days of practice, and then playing in the game? I appreciate you having me in. Uh, My experience there was, it it was amazing. Uh, A dream come true. You know, I always wanted to uh, play in the R-Star game like this, especially it being the Senior Bowl, you know, the best of the best. And uh, going against, you know, guys all over, you know, college, um, it, you know, it, it was great, man, just uh, going to get all different type of skill sets and pass rush. I mean, not pass rushes, but uh, um, offensive linemen and uh, being able to, you know, showcase my talents um, in front of the scouts and the coaches, you know, just having the opportunity to do that. I was um, I was thankful. You know, I know, I know it's a full week, um, and, and so it's not like you could – you know, sit there and say, well, I, I got better in this regard. I got better in this regard. But did you feel like you learned some things and, and maybe even put that to use, maybe learn a new move or something? Did you pick up on some things from some other guys or fr- from some of those coaches down there? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, especially playing the run. Uh, one, of, one of my uh, biggest, uh, you know, things I wanted to, you know, show the coaches and the scouts, you know, my ability to set the edge and, and run. So I, I definitely uh, feel like I got better there just listening to the coaches and um, seeing the improvement on the field was uh, amazing. So for a guy like you that's kind of a, an edge guy um, down there at the Senior Bowl, do they put you in a, a four-man front? Do they put you in a, you know, a, a three-man front? Do they stand you up? Do they try to play around with, uh, you know, different things with you and, and guys like you at your position? Yeah, all of that. Um, they had us – they had as well – they actually had us um, five men front sometimes with the sound, me being a jack or the sound sometimes and the sound dropping and the mm-hmm. cover the same way I did at Tennessee. 
uh, playing Leo, you know, dropping the coverage. But uh, mainly I was at the jack position where I'm always the overhang in a nine position and uh, just basically rushing at the quarterback. So um, I was happy that they had me in that same position and, you know, kind of moving me around for I could have kind of, you know, showed the way I could have uh, covered it and, you know, pass rest. So that, that was great too. So obviously, you know, half the week you're on the field and you're getting some on the field instruction, but then the other half you're you're in the meeting room and then you're interviewing and, and, and meeting with some different NFL personnel. What did you kind of take away from that experience? How neat was that? And how, uh, you know, what were some of maybe the positive feedback you got from some, some of the NFL scouts and, and personnel that were there? Um, You know, that, that you know, them, them nights, you know, interviewing with the coaches, that it was amazing, man. Um, just telling them my story and everything, they loved it. You know, every time, you know, just me, honestly, everything and everything I was saying, them showing my IQ for the game and um, them not having to, you know, worry about off the field issues. That, that was one of the biggest concerns, you know, not concerns, but biggest uh, for myself was an accomplishment because, you know, you don't have too much guys, you know, just, you know, having non-off the field issues. So me being one of them guys with no off the field issues was great. And, you know, they loved that. But, you know, just, just telling my story and being true to them, man. I, I love telling my story. I love the journey I went through, and they love it too. You know, they just want to know what type of guy they'll be getting. So I just made sure, you know, I stressed that every time I got, you know, to talk to any team. So, you know, for you, kind of what's your plan now? Um, you, you, you're away from school and you just took part in the senior bowl. You have the pro day coming up, and, and of course, the draft is down the road. Kind of what, what are you doing here in the meantime in preparation for all that? Um, I'm, I'm training. I'm here at uh, Exos in Pensacola. I'm training, um, getting ready for the combine and everything, and, you know, can't wait for that. <laughs> when you look at your journey, you mentioned kind of your story and your journey up, you know, Tennessee fans, you know, we know about hard by now, uh, you know, the junior colleges and then taking off a year and then, you know, all that type of stuff, kind of being a, a late bloomer getting here, having to miss your first couple of games, and then seeing all the success you found on the field last year and then in this past season – you know, praying about the Orange Bowl, not sure if you were going to do it, but you're glad you played in it. I mean, what can you say about that journey here at Tennessee? It was it was a short one, but it, it was pretty sweet. Um, it was honestly, man, I, I, one of my first time really sinking in and, you know, thinking about it was actually last week when I was talking to the scouts because, you know, if you really think about it, it's kind of crazy the way I just came to you in love because normally that don't usually happen. You know, that kind of is kind of unique and, um, I'm just thankful, um, you know, that everything I've been through, you know, the good and the bad, because I feel like that that set me up for where I'm at am right now. You know, it kept me hungry. And I feel like the two years I was there, you know, that you know, sweet moments, but I, I was there strictly for business too, um, to take care of business and try and, you know, uh have the opportunity to, you know, go to the next level. So this is what I'm doing now and um, you know, it was a great opportunity to even, you know, be in this position. So you know, spent a lot of time with Mike Eckler and, of course, Rodney Garner. You know, what do those two guys kind of mean to you the last couple of years, and how do they help you not only on the field but but off the field as you continue to kind of grow into the the man you are today? Um, everything, man. They they was patient with me. You know, me not knowing kind of the system and coming in as a guy coming out of JUCO, not knowing the playbook like that, not knowing you know different ways they call the playbook and call plays. So they really they, they helped develop me and made me go out today. You know, they came to the senior bowl practice and it was the the best feeling ever, man. I missed them, you know, and not being able to be there right now, just knowing all the hard work they put into me and trusting me to 
make me one of the guys on the, you know, on a on front seven, you know, a starter and stuff like that. And just 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 knowing that I'd be one of the captains on the team and you know, I, I'm just thankful for that, man, because that, that's a lot of trust to put in a player, you know, to be that guy. So, you know, I you know, I, I pray I pray for him every day. I I pray to God and thank, you know, thankful for him, you know, for sending them my way. And, you know, cause it could land either way, you know, with the coaches getting fired and they God just blessed me with them too. So it was great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh back to Mobile this past week. Um did you get an opportunity? I, I don't know how they split you guys up with the teams and all that, but did you get an opportunity to do a, a one-on-one pass rush against Darnell Wright? I didn't, man. Um, <laughs> it, so the way they was doing the one-on-ones, I was so ready for them, but they it was it, the period was like one period one-on-ones, and it was not going. It was going so about it was going about fast, and um, I say like it's a lot of guys that trying to do one-on-ones. So with Darnell be on this side, he'll be on the other side. I'll be on the right. I'm going the first three days, the first two days I went against, you know, these Audi guys, guys from Syracuse, um, Alabama, um, Oklahoma. Then the last day, Darnell was in a frame. I was trying to, I was asking this guy, I said, let me, let me go against Darnell. I didn't go against him. Yeah, he said, I didn't go against him either, man. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I got to, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get on tape, you know, me and Darnell, you know, going back at it again, you know, how it was in practice, but I didn't get to go against him. But in teams, I went against him a little bit, but it was not you know, every time I went against him, he was pulling or something, or it was running. So I never did get like a shot at you know pass rushing. <laughs> you know, Darnell played great, man. He did, he did great out there, man. I I was happy for him. Everything you know he was doing and just you know doing the same way he was doing at Tennessee. So that yeah. that was great to see. Yeah, you kind of touched on it there, but I mean, he, he had like yourself. He had a he had a really big week. You know, he picked up a. I think it was practice offensive lineman player of the week or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of good things coming out of Mobile from him. And then, of course, Hendon Hooker, who didn't go through physical drills because, of course, he's still injured, but, you know, it was kind of the buzz, kind of the talk. How neat was it seeing those guys be successful down there? And how cool was it just you guys all supporting one another? Man, it was great, man. Um, seeing Hendon, you know, Hendon was my roommate, actually. And, um, you know, he was coming back, you know, from interviews, and he was just talking about it, man. I was happy for him, man. He was just telling me how they, they win and stuff like that. And hearing the scouts actually saying the same thing is big, man. So, you know, everything he's been through and, you know, that he gave to this team and, you know, him getting injured at the end of the year and still being positive and, you know, motivating the team and being motivated, you know, I, I love to see that. And, you know, with Darnell being, you know, um, one of the top offensive tackles in a, in a draft right now, that's that's huge. So seeing him come out here, show out, and keep doing what he's been doing, man, I, the sky's the limit for both of them. So I can't wait to see what happens, man, these next few months. Now I'll leave you with this one. This is it's kind of bizarre. We're still a couple of months out from 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 the draft. Of course, you've got the combine as you mentioned, the pro day. You've got all the all this type of stuff coming up. But there's been you know four of you guys from Tennessee that have kind of been rumored or mocked or projected or whatever as potential first round guys. I know you're going to be blessed and happy to go wherever you go. But, man, a couple of weeks ago, Mel Kuyper Jr., you know, mocked you in the first round to the Seahawks. I believe it was 20th overall or something. And I know you probably saw it. I know you're not paying attention to it. You just got to keep your head down to work. But when you hear that type of praise about you, man, how cool is that? I mean, it's about to become a reality in one shape or another, but that, that's got to be pretty neat, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, growing up, you know, being that kid, I always watched the draft and, you know, just seeing – these different guys that you look up to get drafted, you know, pretty early, 
you know, you know, that's something that I always dreamed of. And um, yeah, of course, you know, I still got for the work and, you know, made that happen. But just the fact that somebody thinking of me of being that guy, you know, in the first round and, you know, definitely people is watching. So it, it's good. It's a great feeling, man. I, I just feel like just a lot more motivation after seeing that. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that, but at the end of the day, I definitely got to put some more work in and make that, you know, make that come true. So yeah, that's one of my main goals for sure. Really cool stuff there from Byron Young. Uh, you can't help but to not root for that guy. What a story he has been. And for all intents and purposes, sounds like he helped himself out a little bit and did a good job meeting with uh, NFL scouts and coaches and personnel and all that type of stuff. So good for him. Look forward to watching him compete at the Combine. And, of course, more and more mock drafts coming up to see exactly kind of where he is. Of course, he and his other teammates as well. So I appreciate Byron Young for uh, chatting with me earlier this week. Uh, you know, the full interviews up at VolQuest.com. Of course, I wanted to play some of that right here on Locked on Vols. Uh, coming up next, Alex Ablin joined our Rocky Top Rewind show on Sunday night. Had some good stuff to say about his promotion. His promotion. Pause. You'll hear from Tennessee's tight ends coach coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. All right, guys, I teased it before the break. Let's go ahead and get into it. It's part of the conversation that Brent Hubbs and I held with Tennessee tight ends coach Alec Ablin. Alec, I want to know, man, how uh, how excited are you for this opportunity, kind of getting the, the word that you were going to get promoted up and uh, to join the on-the-field staff and kind of what's ahead with this offense and everything going on with Rocky Top right now. How excited are you to, to kind of have this new role? There's really not words. Um, obviously, as a young coach, you work a lot of hours, spend a lot of time in the building, and hope you get a chance for this. And uh, couldn't be more excited to get to work. Alec, when you think about the process, I mean, I'm sure you were hoping to be a candidate when, when Coach Golish left. You weren't sure what direction for sure that Coach Heupel was going to take. What's the last two months been like? Has it been something you've thought a lot about, or if you have you not allowed yourself to think about it and just kind of put the head down and go to work? How have you approached this two-month period of, of waiting on an answer? You know, I think you got to treat it like anything else and just control what you can control and uh, – be lying if I said I wasn't able to think about it or kind of push it away. But, um, you know, as soon as, you know, Coach Golish left and Coach Hype and I had initial conversations just about the process and what it would look like, um, really was just excited to get to work with the guys. And being through the bowl game and um, even the last couple of weeks, just getting to spend time with them and kind of getting to grow in that role and kind of show them one that someone they can trust and be confident and being able to help them, but also um, really just confirm myself that, shoot, man, you can do this. You're supposed to be doing this. You're, you're ready for this. And, uh, you know, it's obviously would have loved for it to happen right away and have a lot better sleep for a couple months. But um, at the same time, I'm glad it did play out the way that it did. I know, um, just there's a timing for everything and uh, the way that it happened really, you don't realize until looking back, but things were there for a reason and I'm really grateful that it played out like it did. Alec, with your background, obviously a former offensive lineman at Missouri in the SEC, uh, working with Glenn Ellerby and the offensive line at a couple of different stops, even here in Tennessee, how is that going to help you coaching the tight ends that obviously have a, a huge role in, in blocking and doing a lot of other things in this offense? People forget I was actually so bad at blocking people. My uh, senior year, I actually got moved to a tight end fullback role. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it, 
that's one of the things I think about Coach Hype. And, uh, you know, I'd started games until an injury uh, my junior year as a guard. And uh, going into my senior year, got beat out. And I think on a lot of places and a lot of programs, uh, it's just kind of tough and is what it is. And um, we had some special tight ends at Missouri at that time, but people were banged up. And for Coach Hype to see not just an opportunity to give me a role, but be able to help and um, kind of shift to that room, like made that year so much fun for me just in that I still had a role. And as far as football just grew in my love of the game, as far as how it translates to tight end play, I think the run game is obvious. Uh, schematically, we're all on the same page. It all fits. There's really six guys, a back and a quarterback that are making the run game go protection wise. Um, not just who they're supposed to be on, which I think is maybe the hardest part, but how to actually get them blocked. Um, but don't get it twisted. I think in the route, um, I've been in this offense since I was 20 years old. I've been in the staff room since I was 22. You see a lot, you learn a lot, um, you understand space. I'm a football junkie at heart. So to me, that part of the game is really exciting. And something that just because I'm an O-lineman, um, still feel really confident about that side of it as well. Alec, lots of people are going to wonder or, or be curious and, and keep a close eye on how recruiting goes, right? And, and it's not just one guy. Let's be real honest here. I mean, Tennessee is a program that sells itself as a program, not just one individual. But but what are the challenges for being a first-time coach in recruiting? What what are you looking forward to? What do you think is the biggest thing you have to learn, hurdle you have to cross, if you will. Talk a little bit about kind of where you are in the and in, in being able to now go on the road and recruit. Yeah, I think first and foremost, I'm really excited about it. It's uh, whenever guys are able to come on campus, that's obviously the best part of recruiting as a sports staff guy, just because you get to meet their families, you get to be in person with them. Um, with rules, we're allowed to communicate over the phone, and that's something that, you know, Coach Eiffel, Coach Ellaby have done a great job of uh, – not just encouraging, but using support staff in recruiting where you are involved, even without being the full-time guy. But in terms of as the full-timer, one, having the ability to go see them in person, having the ability to sit down and meet mom and dad, um, go visit high schools. I know I'm excited to get back to St. Louis and see some of those guys and um, really just get in front of these tight ends. To be honest with you, I'm really excited about it. Alec, you um, you obviously played under Josh Hopple and Glenn Ellerby uh, your last couple of years in Missouri, and you've been with them in the meeting room for for quite some time. There was a brief period when you were at Ole Miss, and then uh, when Josh Hopple got the job here at Tennessee, you know, offered a position, and you decided to come back. Why did you decide to come back at that point in time? And you know, what have you kind of learned uh, more from Hypo and Ellerby these last two years uh, here on Rocky Top? Yeah. Um... It was an easy decision to come back for a lot of reasons. Um, as a young coach, every move I made was growth focused. And I think at UCF, I learned so much about who I wanted to be as a coach, who I wanted to be as a person. Um, obviously got just fully immersed in what we do on offense. Um, with the decision to go to Ole Miss, there was a ton of growth there and just being with Lev and being back in the SEC, getting to learn from a different O-line coach that um, had roots in the offense and, um, getting to work for Coach Kiffin was a great experience. I learned a ton. Um, at the end of that year, when Coach Hype called, it was not a tough decision to come back. And um, just the last two years, it's really interesting. So at UCF, 
obviously a situation you walk into is, you know, they were undefeated Peach Bowl champs the year before Coach Hoppy got there. And I got there in year two. So as far as guys knowing what was going on, standard being set, system being in place, um, kind of came into it um, in year two. And at Ole Miss, year one, COVID hits a little bit different situation there. But really getting to see Coach Hype and Coach Ellerby year one here at Tennessee, Coach Halsley, the same thing. It reminded me a ton of when I was shoot, 20 years old, junior at Missouri, and things we were 120th in offense the year before and ended up having a lot of success. But just to me, what was so striking this turnaround coming back was just what year one looks like when you are building trust, when you are getting guys to buy in, when you've got 20 guys that have transferred out before you even get there and you got half a roster. Just kind of where the program was at two years ago to where it is today is really kind of cool looking back. And, um, you know, I think it speaks volumes about who we are as a staff and really who those kids are. And um, I think about guys like Hendon, guys like Jerome Carpin, um, dudes that really early bought in and kind of changed the culture of this place. But, um, no, that's that's really the biggest thing in the last two years is just what it looks like to totally flip a place culture-wise. Alec, I'm going to ask you one more, and we got to let you go because I know you got to you got to get going, and, and you got some stuff you got to get done here in a couple of minutes. But I do want to ask you about your position group specifically. You inherited an interesting room. Jacob Warren's a KG veteran. You've got a transfer coming in who's a veteran who's played a lot of football in a different system, and then you're searching after that. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what you're looking for this spring, what your focus is between now and the start of spring with your guys? I mean, it's it's the cliche ball coach answer, but just looking to see everybody compete. Um, obviously, Jacob's awesome and really excited that he's back. Um, just in a couple of weeks, getting to work with Callie, I think ball fans should be really excited about what he's going to be able to do this fall. Um, we've got a bunch of other guys that are going to contribute in terms of whatever their role may be, whether it's something that I – how I was used as a senior, whether it's something along those lines, and uh, whether we play more 12, whether we play more 11, there's – a lot of guys in the room that have a chance to help us. Um, I think Ethan Davis is going to be really special. Um, really excited that I get to work with him. And, uh, you know, spring is really about seeing how much we can put on those guys early and really seeing, you know, are they going to be able to be ready? Um, more so Ethan just as a true freshman. It's a little bit different for Cali um, just in having played three, four years of college football. Uh, but really looking forward to the spring and seeing those guys grow. Really cool stuff there from Tennessee Titans coach Alec Ablin. Um, you know, a guy that played offensive t uh, guard at Missouri. I, I love that antidote in there. If you caught it, you probably laughed. He was like, you guys forget I was so bad at blocking people in the interior of the offensive line that I got moved my senior year to tight end. And so I know the tight end position in this offense. I know the route tree. I know what's expected. Been working with the offensive linemen, working with Glenn Ellerby. I know this system. I've been in, been, been in this system since age 20, been in the meeting room since uh, age 22. Uh, I like a lot of that from Alec Ablin, but some good stuff there. And I really appreciate his time the other night uh, joining us uh, on the Rocky Top Rewind. But I'll, again, I wanted to bring part of that conversation over here in case you didn't see it. 
All right. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys. As always, check out Locked On SEC to make that your second listen or Locked On uh, College Basketball. Make that your second or your third listen right, of, right after Locked On Balls each and every day. Of course, we'll come back uh, a couple more shows this week. Uh, we will continue to discuss a lot about Tennessee football in the offseason. Tennessee baseball starting next week. Uh, really looking forward to that. So we'll uh, preview and, and kind of get some insights and, and talk with some people about Tennessee baseball as well. So that's what you have to look forward to over the next couple of days as you tune in each and every day for Locked On Balls. Guys, I appreciate it. Guys and gals, thank you so much. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Write me a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me. Thank you so much. Rate this five stars. And let's do it again tomorrow. Same time, same place. This is Locked On Balls.